Welcome to Hope Church Online with Hope Church Birmingham. I'm Adam, the lead pastor. And as we always say, we are so honored that you would tune in with us for this week's audio message. And, you know, as a church, we exist for people to find hope and to be equipped to hope to bring hope to a world in need. And that's what the goal of today is. And so I want to encourage you, even as you're listening to this podcast, lean in to find a little hope in your day. Lean in to find out how you can bring that hope to somebody in your world who needs the hope of Jesus. All right, now let's tune in for this week's audio recording. I want to start off with today's message with a little word association game. Do you know what a word association game is? It's, it's when you say a word and then someone responds with the word that comes to their mind. So if I said drink, you may say juice or tea, Coca-Cola. If you're from up north, pop, whatever it is. So if I said drink, that would be the word I give. And then you would say a word. If I said color, what would come to mind? Maybe it's a, your favorite color. If I said sports, football, basketball, baseball, whatever your favorite sport is comes to mind. But when I say the words, Holy Spirit, what comes to mind? You see, depending on when, where, or how you grew up, a variety of things could come to mind. Maybe a word association, maybe ghost, dove, speaking in tongues, fruits, the list could go on. Well, friends, next week is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is a day that we really celebrate in the church as the birthday of the church as we know it. If, if Christmas is known as the celebration of Jesus's birth, really Pentecost Sunday should be recognized as the celebration of the birth of the early church as we know it. And where, where does the word come from? Well, I want to tell you, uh, it was 50 days after Passover, Penta meaning from the Greek word for 50. And as a church, we are Pentecostal. What does that mean? Well, we are part of the Assemblies of God Fellowship, one of the, and it, which, by the way, is one of the only national denominations in America that is continuously growing. But, but what does it mean to be Pentecostal? You see, this week and next week, we're in really a two-part series. And I want us to look at what it means to be Pentecostal, but also who is the Holy Spirit? You see, when I look at the word, what does it mean to be Pentecostal? I can tell you what Pentecostal is not. Pentecostal is not just shouting without reason. Pentecostal is not permission to just simply be weird. No, being Pentecostal is, I want to define it for you. It means living in the presence, in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is something that I want for you, our listener. This is something I want for our church. I want us to be living in the presence, in the power of the Holy Spirit, not just on Sunday mornings, not in a small group, but in everyday living, you and I can be Pentecostal. You know, I want us to look at, at who the Holy Spirit is and how we can pursue this Pentecostal spiritual walk on a daily basis. Will, will I answer every question that you have about the Holy Spirit? Probably not, because they, they may have many. But, but what I want us to desire is I want us to desire more of the Holy Spirit in our life. 
I'm afraid that we treat the Holy Spirit like the ugly stepchild or the, the toy that is forgotten, the thing that you don't really want in your life. Sometimes I think the church itself views the Trinity mistakenly. There's two ways I think sometimes the church trends in viewing the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that that, that, that doesn't feel like the Trinity to, to some people. Father, yeah, God, Son, Jesus, and then the Holy Bible. Is the Bible important? Yes, it is the Word of God. I believe that we need it. It is the sword of the Spirit. It is sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is important to have the Bible in your life. But understand this. The Trinity, the Bible, the, the Bible is God's Word. The Trinity is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But what happens when we trend to replace the Holy Spirit with the Bible as the Trinity is we end up um, maybe trending toward legalism and just in the law. But that's not what God intended. Then sometimes I think some people in the church think the Trinity is Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit. Now, understand me. Now, I, I, I do not belittle the Holy Spirit. We're talking about this over the next two weeks. Each one, each role are three in one, and each serves a vital role. Now, this is probably not the, the best illustration I could give you, but if you have a PB&J sandwich, each ingredient matters. Can you eat each individually? Yeah. Peanut butter is not bad. Jelly, not bad by itself. Bread, I love it. <laughs> but you are missing out on the fullness of that peanut butter and jelly sandwich without, if I told you, here's the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I gave you two slices of bread, you go, where's the PB&J? Or if I said, here's the peanut butter jelly sandwich, and I gave you a jelly sandwich, you go, where's the peanut butter? And if I gave you a peanut butter sandwich, you go, that's not bad, but where's the jelly? And I think what happens is, is, as Christians, as churchgoers, it's almost easier to pick and choose. But the reality is we need to walk in the weight and in the desire and the pursuit of the full Trinity. And today, specifically and next week, we're leaning in to leaning in to the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need all three members of the Trinity active amidst our spiritual walk. So, I want us to look at a passage of scripture to start us off in this talk in Acts 1. In the first book, this is Acts 1.1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had been given commands to the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Here's verse four. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. You see, Jesus had nothing else for the disciples to do other than the wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew that they, they really could do nothing effective for the kingdom of God until the Spirit came. You see, when I think of that, when he said in verse 4, but to wait. You see, to wait means that it was worth waiting for. To wait means that they had a promise that was going to come true. To wait means that they must receive it. They couldn't create it themselves. To wait means that they would be tested by waiting, at least even a little. And if you have not welcomed the Holy Spirit in your life, let me tell you, wait. 
Now, there's a difference in waiting and moving on. Just continuously going and leaving isn't waiting. The whole the, the apostles, the disciples, they had to wait. And we need to do that for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. There are moments we need to wait for him because God has promised his power through the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. What an incredible view. Jesus is here in his last words. He says, you will receive power for the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses. That's what this is all about. To to be in the presence and relationship and person and the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can be witnesses. The title of this series is Holy Spirit colon witnesses. We need the Holy Spirit so we can personally thrive in the power that God intended for us. So when we read Acts 1, we read Jesus is, is emphasizing, not just simply go, oh, I knew Jesus. Great. No, wait for the Holy Spirit. Continue to press on. Yes, you know the Father. Yes, you know the Son. He was telling his disciples, but you need to know the person of the Holy Spirit. And so to do this, I want us to look at the Holy Spirit and know what the Holy Spirit is not. The Holy Spirit is not a bird. I know that we we think of the Holy Spirit because uh, when Jesus was water baptized by John the Baptist, we know that the Spirit descended like a dove or as a dove. So what that means is not literally, the Holy Spirit's not literally a dove, but it can, he took on the form that looked like a dove. So know that, which also shows me that I think sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit like a bird. Think of a pet bird. What does a pet bird do in a house? It sits in a cage, right? It makes a little bit of noise. And then when you let it out, it gets wild. Sometimes we think that's what the Holy Spirit should be. We think that we need to put it where we want it and we'll go get it when we want to. And then when we want to, it's going to get wild. People are going to start shouting. People are going to start hollering. People are going to start dancing. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But the, the Holy Spirit is more than a bird. The Holy Spirit is not a ghost. The Holy Spirit is not scary. You go, but hey, I read King James Version, Pastor Adam. Mine says the Holy Ghost. Well, friend, I grew up that way as well. But I want us to know that the, the, a better translation is the Spirit. And understand that the Holy Spirit isn't scary. The Holy Spirit isn't in it. Hear me. The Holy Spirit is a person. A person that has traits, personality, has personhood. And so for us to understand the person of the Holy Spirit today, I want us to look at the personhood of the Holy Spirit. So what are some traits? Well, the Holy Spirit, one, thinks. The Holy Spirit, yes, the Holy Spirit thinks intellectually. Romans 8, 27 says this, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 10. These things God has revealed us through the Spirit for the Spirit searches everything even the depths of God. These verses, friends, show us that the Holy Spirit values thinking and knowing both God and you and I. 
not in like a professor manner of just for the sake of knowledge, but for the sake of loving. The Holy Spirit loves you. The Holy Spirit wants to know you intimately. The only way that there's growth in a relationship is through knowledge and experience with someone. Now, I got married to my wife um, in 2011. It's been an incredible 12 years of our marriage coming up on 12 years. It's been incredible. I love her very much. And I knew Ashley well before we got married. I knew what she liked. I knew her favorite restaurants. I knew her not favorite restaurants. I knew the TV shows she liked. I knew the music she liked. I knew what she thought about church, what her beliefs were. But when I married her, I had to not just simply know only the version of her before we got married. In a healthy marriage, I had to continue to know her, right? My marriage is at its healthiest when I continue to pursue knowing and having joint experiences with my wife. And the same thing happens with the Holy Spirit. Some of you may have welcomed the Holy Spirit in your life 10 years ago. You may have been baptized in the Holy Spirit through evidence of speaking in tongues. You may be walking in other gifts in the past, but maybe you've gotten into a place that is stagnant. And just like a marriage that has gotten stagnant because of a spouse who has quit pursuing the knowledge of a spouse and quit pursuing joint experiences with their spouse, the same thing happens in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We must have a desire to grow in our relationship by pursuing knowing the Holy Spirit more and by pursuing joint experiences with them, with him. And we will grow when we pursue this. Every day we can have the assumption that God wants us to, wants to know us. The Holy Spirit wants to know you. So we should give him the opportunity to know us. Another personhood trait is that the Holy Spirit feels Ephesians 4.30, don't grieve God, don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving, moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Romans 15.30, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, strive together with me in your prayers and to God on my behalf. See, friends, the Holy Spirit has feels. The Holy Spirit has emotions. The Holy Spirit grieves when we grieve God. But at the same time, the Holy Spirit is joyed when we please God. Nothing compares to feeling the emotions and the presence of God through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also has a capacity to feel all emotions as well as completely understand them. We can live in a way that is pleasing to the Holy Spirit feels. When we choose to disobey God's word, it grieves the Holy Spirit. When we choose to satisfy or gratify, gratify the needs of the flesh more than the purpose of the Spirit, it grieves the emotions of the Holy Spirit. It grieves it. And what happens is, is we are distancing ourselves from the personhood of the Holy Spirit when we do those things. But we've got to continue to be aware of that. We've got to be aware of that. The third thing that we see with the Holy Spirit is that there is a willingness. One of the traits is that it is willing and has he has a will. You see, we currently got a cat. We've only had him for about a month. And this cat has a will of its own sometimes. He's smart, but sometimes I'll call him Archie, Archie, and he just looks at me. You see, the Holy Spirit... That, that's a negative sense. But the Holy Spirit is not in a negative sense. It's a positive sense. The Holy Spirit has a will of his own, but not in a negative way. 
When I mean the Holy Spirit is he, we are, we are not the boss of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Let me say that you are not the boss of the Holy Spirit. Can you encourage the Holy Spirit? Can you receive the Holy Spirit? Can you welcome the Holy Spirit? Yes. Yes. But first Corinthians two eleven says for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Friends, the Holy Spirit's will is the will of the Father. Our role in this relationship is not simply to observe the will of the Holy Spirit, but to be obedient to it. Friends, what I want you to hear today is because the Holy Spirit has a personhood, that means we must pursue this person in relationship. We got to pursue the relationship. I think sometimes in church we get so content pursuing the gifts or the power and that's great. But Acts 8 describes a man by the name of Simon the sorcerer. And he was following Peter and John around. And he was amazed at the miracles. And he wanted those miracles too. And he said, I'll pay you for it. Well, they rebuked him. And why did they rebuke him? Because it's not about money. It wasn't about just the gifts. The, the, the gift is the Holy Spirit. You see, he, Simon the sorcerer had the wrong intention. He wanted the power, but not the person. And hear me today. We may not cover everything on the topic of Holy Spirit today and next week. But we're going to do our best. I want you to hear today. If anything, I want you pursuing not just the gifts. I want you pursuing the person. And how do you do that? Well, just like any healthy relationship, you need to spend time. You need to kill comparison. You need to take steps of faith. Time. We have limited time in the day. So we need to use our time wisely. We need to welcome the Holy Spirit. We need to be intentional. We need to do ways. We could be at the grocery store and go, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak through me. Holy Spirit, what do you want from me today? We can pray that. That comes from time, pursuing through a person and, it grow, and joint experiences, just like any healthy relationship. Then the second thing, like I mentioned, kill comparison. Friends, comparison is the thief of joy. Do not compare your relationship with the Holy Spirit or the gifts to the person next to you. Just because you know someone who, who speaks in the prophetic doesn't mean that your gifts may showcase exactly the same. It is more intentional and purposeful that you just do you it with the Holy Spirit. The third one is take steps of faith. Be responsive to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit nudges you to pay for someone's gas, do it. If he asks you to pray for someone at the restaurant, do it. Walking in faith sometimes takes risks, but it's worth it. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to embarrass you, friend. The Holy Spirit wants to stretch you. And so today, I know this may not be the most complex sermon you've ever heard on the Holy Spirit. But what I want you to do this week, even in this moment, is to welcome the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. Ask him to speak to you. Pursue relationship and just see what happens. Start off your day going, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Before you read your scripture, read your Bible. Holy Spirit, speak through the word today. Holy Spirit, encourage me today. Holy Spirit, show me what I can do today to glorify God. And when we do those things, we're opening the door for the person of the Holy Spirit to continue to move like never before. And the gifts will follow. I believe it. So can I pray for you today? Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray that you will just be welcomed into this person's life. 
Lord, let us welcome you. Welcome you, Holy Spirit. Fill them with your presence. Let your personhood be not quiet, but loud in their life. Let them be hungry in pursuit of both the relationship and the power. God, let them spend time. Let them refuse comparison. And let them take steps of faith like never before. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, once again, thanks for tuning in with us here at Hope Church. And if we haven't seen you in a while, we'd love for you to see us every single Sunday, 10 a.m., 2798 John Hawkins Parkway in Hoover, Alabama. We have a seat waiting for you. In the same sense, if you want to connect to Hope Church, connect to us at Hope Church BHM on social media. Or if you say, I would love to give to Hope Church, you can do so at HopeChurchBHM.com slash give. We look forward to seeing you real soon.